The word of the Lord from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the Holy Gospel of St. John in the 15th chapter that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the fifth Sunday of Easter. You know that's true. In the early 80s, my family lived in Omaha, Nebraska, just a mile away from the famous Father Flanagan's Boys Town. I have fond memories of living there, close to my cousins in Benson, who would come out to play with us and celebrate holidays because we had a massive backyard with plenty of room for everyone. I even have fond memories of mowing that lawn because it was my first riding lawnmower. And even though it took six hours to mow, it looked like a city park when it was done. But the best and the worst part of living there was a massive cherry tree that was in the very back of the yard. Worst because my brother Jay and I had to climb up in that tree and pick all those cherries every year. And it was awful. The branches would scratch your arms. The bees would sting you for getting into their stash. And mom wouldn't let us come down until we met our quota for buckets on any given day. But best though, because once she got those cherries, boy, the good times were coming. We knew there would be cherry pies, cherry cobbler, Mm, my favorite. Cherry strudel. Cherries jubilee. There were a lot of cherries, and she could make them last until the next picking. My Aunt Marilyn would come and pick cherries, too, with my cousins, and even they would get enough for cherry pastries all year long. When she came out to pick one time, she shared something interesting with me. The more we picked the cherries the more they would come back the following year. I was fascinated by this. The better job we did of picking as many cherries as we could, the more cherries would be increased the following year. I imagine if we were proper 
husbandmen, we could have even taken branches and started new trees. Maybe we could have turned the whole half acre into an orchard or even started selling the cherries at the local farmer's markets. God does such an amazing job of creating the fruits of the earth that with just a little care on our behalf, there is always more than enough for all. You know, it's interesting I don't really eat anything with cherries anymore. And having a chance to think about it with today's gospel, I realized it's because that tree had a very distinctive sour cherry taste to it that I have never had since. I imagine my taste buds just don't connect to other cherries like they did that cherry tree and probably never will because that was the only cherry for me. Today in our text, Jesus refers to his father as the vine dresser. But in truth, a better translation would be husbandman. The King James Version of the Bible helps us see the usage of this term more clearly in Scripture like in Zechariah 13, 5. But he shall say, I am no prophet. I am a husbandman. For man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. Or Genesis chapter 9. And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. And finally in James 5, 7, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. So a husbandman is like a farmer, a vine dresser, and a cattleman all wrapped up in one according to the scriptures. And even the patriarch Noah, the maker of the ark, was a husbandman as well. So when Jesus talks about himself as the vine, and his heavenly father as the husbandman or vine dresser, we see that our father in heaven is very concerned about fruit-bearing Christians in every way. And the father tends to his son, Jesus Christ, who is the vine, and to us who are the branches of Jesus. It's complete and total oversight of all aspects of the garden we call the universe, and he is carefully tending to it every step of the way. And our Father God, as the ultimate husbandman of the universe, is tending to our husband Christ Jesus and us as the very bride of Christ. When God tends to us, he carefully prunes us as the branches of Christ to bear fruit for his kingdom. A kingdom that is a kingdom by virtue of people being a part of it, by faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that pruning is very interesting as well. When God prunes the branches of his vine, Jesus, he is also cleaning it by removing the dead vegetation so there will be room for the good fruit to grow and prosper. I don't know how many people know this about me, but I love historical novels, especially the Richard Sharp series about the wars against Napoleon in the early 19th century. I especially love the detail in which they describe the rifles, the swords, the quartermaster kits, and the first aid kits. 
I'd love to participate in one of those live action role play events where you act out the battle with real equipment and live for a few days, just like they did in the time period. Same tents, same food, and same uniforms. But I think I would like to use modern first aid. After all, this was the time before penicillin was invented. In fact, they had a very interesting way to treat bullet, shrapnel, or sword wounds from a battle. They would actually keep a little tin of maggots and put the maggots into a wound and then wrap it up with gauze. And apparently, it worked really well. Because the maggots would only eat dead flesh that could cause gangrenous infection and then die when the nothing but the clean flesh remained. In our text today, the eternal husbandman works like a matronly maggot that eats the unrepentant dead flesh in his godly garden of the church to make more room to grow for the clean, forgiven sinners ready to be nurtured by their vine, Jesus Christ. And I believe it because I have seen it myself. Now, I have to be honest with all of you today. I am losing faith. I'm losing faith in the institutions that I trusted in my youth. Now, maybe I should never have had faith in them. Maybe they were always as I see they are now, but no doubt my perception of them has changed for the worse. National organizations that were principled when I was younger seem to have slithered into the slippery slope of political correctness rather than policies of truth. Venerable leaders of our nation in both the public and private square have proven to be frail shells of their former selves. Even the church and many of our venerable guiding organizations within it has seemed to waffle and bend under the pressure of social media, trolls of the internet, and mob mentality of the culture today rather than robustly proclaim biblical and confessional doctrine. But one thing I have not lost faith in is you. That's right. The people sitting right here in the pews today. You have proven to me time and time again that you will not wait for man-made messiahs to redeem your community. You believe in the eternal Messiah, Jesus, who grew up ready to be pruned by the cross to take our dead souls away forever. You will not pass on responsibility for the next miracle program to be handed down from the bureaucracy. You won't let man-made institutions and counselors get in the way of your real relationship with Christ. Oh, you, just like me, will sin, but you will be forgiven because you know where the true vine, Christ, gives his body and blood to nourish you as branches extended forth from him to bear fruit concerning and for him. All you, like me, will be tempted, but you will not be lured away by the poisonous ivy of the world, seeking to destroy your soul with false flowers of flattery that stroke your ego but wreck your soul. Because your baptismal identity refreshes your faith every time you remember your attachment to Christ. Oh, you 
like me, will have pain in this world. But you will not be burdened by the thistles and weeds of self-doubt, stress, sickness, and weakness that seek to choke out the light of Christ so you can never see again, because you know you are firmly planted by Christ in the creation of the ultimate husbandman's creating. I see it in your utter devotion to the ministry of the school and outreach to our community. I see it in your care for our professional church workers. I witness it every day in your faithful attendance, Bible devotion, witness, and evangelism to the lost. He has pruned you. He has cleaned you. And he has removed all the obstacles to faith from you. If Jesus is the true vine, you are truly his branches. And by the work of the Holy Spirit, you know that's true. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.